Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Three Beers and a Movie. Um, we're now back after a week, two weeks off. Two weeks off. Well, uh, yeah. One week off and it all went to shit. Um, two weeks off for Mr. Mr. Carl McGuire. Yeah. I was in um, Hawaii fighting off Godzilla. You were not doing that at all. No, um, we're, I'm Richard and we're once again at The Raven um, and we're with Colm as you heard and also his brother is here as well. Andy, say Andy's hi. Here. Hi Andy. Hey guys. Hey guys. Um, we're drinking. Colm, what are you drinking? I'm drinking tennis. You disgust me. Andy, what are you drinking? Tenants, tenants, unfortunately. tenants, unfortunately, as well. <laughs> this is—it's not duty taste. It's duty. It's a—it's a cash flow problem at this point. Yeah, it's poverty. Really, yeah, it's poverty. It's your poverty. It's not. But <laughs> <laughs> at least we're not drinking. There's one person at the table who won't say anything who's drinking a ten shandy. Shandy. It's, it's, it's truly ridiculous. Truly horrible. Um, I'm on West Highland Way, which is from Loch Lomond Brewery, which is actually quite nice. Yeah, and it's in a big pint mug as big well. Big pint mug, so look a proper man, unlike the person who's drinking a fucking <laughs> shank. Anyway, so this week there's no kind of retrospective this week, but we no, need to basically talk about all the films we've seen. Movie, yeah, because we saw a lot over the last couple of weeks, yeah. when we've been off. Uh, you might even recap some of the stuff we saw last week, because yeah. um, last week's sound was a little bit messed up. Yeah, before. Just, a, just a wee notch. Yeah, a we wee came, notch. We came maybe uh, go for the shark tunnel again. Yeah, uh, so things didn't really go as well as we hoped they would go. Um, mm-hmm. But that was down to me, and hopefully this week is a lot better. Yep. Right, so, so, first film of the week, which I saw, this last two I saw, was the Luc Besson film, Valerian. 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 Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Planets. Um, Luc Besson, obviously director of Leon. And Fifth Element. Yeah. And recently, um, what was one he done recently? One with Scarlett Johansson. About the not seen it. Not seen it. Uh, kind of Nikita done as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Luke Besson, he forever will live in our hearts as the man who done Leon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he, he, he's a movie heaven for Leon. That's okay. his, his best movie. Best movie by a long way. To date. To date. Yes. Uh, this is the most expensive French movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Two hundred and ten million euros, I believe it is. What does that convert to, Richard? I think it's a, maybe about 180 or million. Well, it's, it's, so it's about that. It's a lot of money for a for a French film. It's a good. Yeah. I mean, people forget France has got. France does not really care about Hollywood. No, it's got its entire own film industry. That's yeah. quite happy. People go and see French films rather than go and see the Hollywood imports. They're, yeah. they're very happy. But this is still. This is what this is still like a big step. Am I right in thinking? Strange enough, before this, the biggest budget movie in France was Asterix and the Olympic Games. I believe it was. Yes, which is fucking crazy considering how bad Asterix. <laughs> Films are, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but they have done some great. I think mean, the one we saw a few years ago, the conversation, not the conversation, the conversation, it was sort of the remake of The Connection. The Connection. The remake of The French Connection, remember? Yeah, I think that cost a pretty penny as yeah, well. It was it's a good looking film. Um, back to Valerian. Play so. The story of it is it's based on a comic book. A uh, French comic book. French comic book, yes. It's essentially the story of Valerian, who is a government employee. A space soldier almost. Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's a major in, in the kind of space corps. Space corps. Who gets sent on a mission to go and rescue something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He rescues something. Yeah. Then from that, there is the people who he rescues it from kind of want it back. Yes. But at the same time, there's also a conspiracy regarding who it was taken from in the first place. Yeah. That's, right. Before you spoil it, that's a general idea how to sum it up, yeah? In a, in, yeah, in a nutshell. In a nutshell, yeah. 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 Um, the, the plot, it, it was quite a meaty plot, and, and the film twists and turns so much, it's hard to kind of follow it, but it is essentially. That's, yeah. that, that's sort of the basic plot, yeah. that's the basic yeah. plot. Um, in the film, we'll get started with Dane DeHaan in the role of Valerian. Who? I'm a massive, massive fan of Dane DeHaan. I've said this before, I love Dane DeHaan. What do you like Dane DeHaan in of interest? Um, I Origins. Remember we seen him in I Origins? Yeah, that's not Dane DeHaan. No, no, he was in that. Dane DeHaan was in that. You're talking about the main doctor in that? No, he was, no, Dane DeHaan was in it as well. And he was also in... Who is he, who is he in I Origins then? 
He's he's not the guy who's searching for the eyes. I think he might be. I'm gonna. Well, you do what I'm, I'm just saying. I'll speak more about Dane Dahan. Dane Dahan was also um, Harry Osborn, um, the really shit Spider-Man. But he was good in it though. Yeah. I, I enjoyed him. That <laughs> he did have uh, a good deal. He also in played it. James Dean in um, the biopic with Arpad as well. Kill your darlings. That was called. Kevin was called. He was really good in that as well. So I, I really do like him, and I think he's a really interesting actor. I don't think Valerian in the City of Thousand Planets was. Michael Pitt is the guy you're thinking of in I Origins. Is Dahan in it though? No. I'm telling you, he's not in it. I'm, I'm checking, I'm checking yeah. IMDb right now. He's, he's in, in the remake. Um, There's I no fucking remake of this film. He's not in it. You're mixed. Michael Pitt has a, has a look that makes it looks a little bit like Dane DeHaan. If you, I'll do a This week right so now. far, just keeping count, Richard Swan more than Colin. It's okay, fair enough. But yeah. I'm telling you, that's not Dane DeHaan. No, that's a woman. Oh, sorry. That's Michael Pitt. <laughs> See the guy at the top there, Michael Pitt playing Ian. Right, okay, so Dane DeHaan wasn't that, but he's, he's, he's a good guy. What, what he is in, you might remember, is Chronicle. Oh, he was in Chronicle. Yeah, he was also in Beth, Life After Beth. Life After Beth, that's yeah, what you're thinking of. Yeah, Anna Kendrick and... Um, someone. Yeah, the other yeah. girl. Um, the one he's in this year was A Cure for Wellness. Which I had never saw missed You said it was dry and dull as hell. It was very dry, and that's the problem again. Dane DeHaan is a very good... Third billing, mm-hmm. very good as a sort of a, a, like supporting role in a film. He's he is not, not a leading man, job. and I think this film showed up in I a big way. I think he will be. I think he's got a DiCaprio about him. No, he looks like a DiCaprio cloning experiment that's gone I wrong. I think he can act, though. I think it's I'm not denying he can act. This he can act doesn't mean you're going to be a leading man. I think he will be eventually. What? I think when they make Valerian the Seven Thousand Planets two, they're not going to make that film. Set of two thousand. No, they're not going to make that film. I think they should. No, not going to be a film. Also, the film, anyway, apart from Dane Han, is Carol Delavine. Delavine. How do you pronounce it? Delvine. Delvine? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Are you sure on this? There's no way in it, it's just Delvine. Are you the point, Delvine? Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> she is also in, as we know from last year's Suicide Squad. And Paper Towns as well. Paper Towns. Very much enjoyed that. She was really good at And Pan as well. Uh, she was in Pan as well, that's right. She was in Mermaid. Yeah. I think she was the best thing in that movie. In Pan? Oh, in Valerian and the Seven Thousand Planets. I was, yeah, probably the best thing of a bad movie, yes. Yeah, we'll get to that. She was really good. Do you like her in it? Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> Clive Owen. Clive Owen was in it, it was very shouty. Very shouty in it, but it was nice Clive to see Clive Owen back on screen. Do you not think um, Besson does that? Uh, like when you look at Fifth Element, they took Gary Oldman and made him quite kind of odd and shouty. And it just seems to get these big heavyweight actors and make them shouty. Well, Clay Warren, I think Clay Warren was more of a performance choice. I feel like he, that was his choice to be that. To be shouty? Um, I'm a fan of Clive Owen, like, I, I really, like, I was a child of men, he's like, man, City, Sin City and Closer, mm-hmm. he's like, like, big hits, Sin City as well, he's a guy who finds a really watch whacked and he's been missing, I think, a lot from cinema over the last, like, what, five, six years? He's looking old as well. He has looked old, he's, he's, he's really yeah. aged, he's came back as an older man, uh-huh. which probably has <laughs> during the passage of time. Yeah, but so it's, it's, it's a shame that an actor like that has disappeared from cinema, but, yeah, you know, he's a really, he's a solid good actor. He's not done, he'll come back, I think, he'll come back. Hopefully he does come back, he does, he does a TV show all about, it's called The Nick. It's all about um, the first kind of major doctor in New York like, who done autopsies and stuff like that, trying to find out illnesses. And, okay. um, it's done by Steven Soderbergh. Is that Victorian times? Yeah. Oh, yeah so it's really, it's really, it's interesting. really interesting. It's really, really kind of nasty um, things, but he's in that. The biggest surprise for me and Valerian in the set of a Thousand Planets was Rihanna. Uh, because she was in it? She was good enough. She didn't she, do anything. She didn't do a lot, granted. She, she, done a, she swung her legs out and played about a stripper, that's she, all she, she did. did. She did a dance number, but when she, I, I liked her in it. And I was dreading going to see this one because Rihanna was in it. I was like, fuck, I don't want to watch her in a movie because Battleship's well known. 
sunk. This makes me realise that you are just a 13 one in your head, because you like this film because Rihanna dressed as a schoolgirl, a nurse, no, a dirty French maid, no, she, and a burlesque dancer. I That's thought, why you liked I it. I thought her acting and her character were really good. What was her character in it? She was a... No, I don't know. See, he's trying to get me a spoil. No, was but, but what, was her, what was her character arc in it? She was a watery shapeshifter Godo DS9 Rihanna was her skin she was comfortable she, could, she was completely non-descriptive of any pretty girl doing that no, role. I liked her in it. I was really impressed. Uh, Ethan Hawke's face pump? Not enough time in it. it yeah, agreed. Uh, he came and went, didn't he? Yeah, Ethan Hawke. I loved that. Sorry, just to jump in. I thought he was great. Ethan Hawke is a space pump. Yeah, he was interested. What did he have? Maybe about 10 minutes of screen time? Total. Even, yeah, yeah. He, he was barely in it. He was, he was good though. When he was, he came in, knocked out of the park, dropped the mic and left. Um, you get, did you reckon he broke a hour on it as well? Yeah, very, very. He was just fucking 10 seconds. You made me swear there. That's just one each. Literally 30 seconds in that film for. He was. And he got billing in it as well. Does he? Did 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 me, me and my brother went to see it in, in 4DX. 4DX, yeah. Um, and it's been billed as like the 3D event of the year because visually it, it's amazing. Everything I'm going to say negative about later on, I'm going to temporarily say that visually it looks quite awesome. I, I mean, best on Computer Universe, not like, no one else. Best one does, best one swung it this hard, he did swing big. Uh, and was there not big. something like, like 500 alien species in this movie? Yeah, I mean, each one with its own biography and uh-huh. language and stuff like that. Best one goes big with this film, yes, absolutely. It, it really does. Um, but when we seen it in the 4DX, um, the, the, the kind of seat movement was out of sync right. with the action. Right. So you'd have like a spaceship crashing and nothing would happen. Then it would start talking and this place would rattle about. Yeah. So it was like really kind of like. Further proof that a cinema should be a cinema and not a I don't understand right. what's happening here. Why am I getting shaken about yeah. when, when no one's doing That's it? That's why you watch a film in a film. Don't watch it oh, in a cinema as a normal film. Don't watch it as a fairground, right? To be fair, it came down to schedule yeah. and it was all. That's all it was on. Yeah. 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 Um, still, still enjoy, I mean, it didn't detract too much from the film. We're still, we're still, we're still enjoying that one. So you liked overall? Did you quite I enjoy the film? Jo- I thought it was nonsense. Um, bear in mind, I'm, I'm the popular movie goer to your kind of more kind of artistic movie goer, so I'm happy settling for the big visually bang. That, that right. So yeah, I enjoyed it for that. I switched off and I just went and we joined for two hours and went home happy. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, myself, I, I thought it looked stunning. Mm-hmm. It looked a fantastic yeah, looking film. Yeah. No uh, issue with that whatsoever. market scene. The market scene was, market scene was really clever. And there was some really clever stuff in the bit in the market scene, not spoiling it, but it's sort of the alternate universe type thing. You get to hand in the box and that, oh. taking it that. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff was really clever, really smart. Yeah. The film could have done with about 50% less plot, and the plot they did have make it more cohesive. It was jumpy, the plot. It really, you, you did have to, and it, again, it wasn't a massive plot, but no. the way you moved it, you had to think about the plot all the time, and you shouldn't have, because it wasn't that type of movie they needed a plot to be thought about. Do you feel like maybe there was a director's cut out there, and maybe and if not, something's happened there? I think so, possibly. It probably didn't need more, maybe rearranged slightly, made, made a bit more sense as to how things moved there. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? I thought it had way too much plot. Um, I thought the actual plot was just very incoherent when it was around. Mm-hmm. The plot that was there, if they'd refined that in some way, maybe we had a better film. Um, it, the conclusion, not, not going to ruin anything, it gets very Scientology for my liking. 
Yeah, maybe. It, yeah, I feel like one. This is. This is, seems like it's, a, it's like in Scientology territory right now. It's based on a Scientologist. And I don't think so, but it felt. It felt like that kind of feel. But then again, this was written I think before Scientology was a thing. Right. So okay. maybe the Scientology man is taking something from this because this is the thing you get this from. This is one of the problems it's got. A lot of this stuff has inspired a lot of sci-fi for the past like fifty odd years. Star Wars, yeah. Like, apparently, the Star Wars thing with like Han Solo getting wheeled down the. Um, the, the spaceship in the carbonite Aye. that comes directly from the Valerian comics that, yeah. that's he's got that from you see a lot of the ship design you can as see well, it yeah. it's the same, maybe the same problem that something like John Carter had you know it's John Carter came a hundred years before anything came out yeah. but everything else is ripped off John Carter yeah. and yeah. then you see the John Carter you go that's, I've seen it before you go no you've not seen it before they've done it because of John yeah. Carter yeah. and then maybe that's John Carter, that. the book inspired all these movies that you're uh-huh. like watching the movie off the book that inspired uh, these fucking movies I thought 2-0 to me 2-0 to me I thought Dan Dane the handle his name is I thought he was severely miscast. I thought he just didn't. He's not yeah. a leading actor. I thought he was. Apparently, yeah. uh, people who know the thing better than me have told me he's too young for the role. I didn't really get that. Apparently, yeah. Well, the first thing I thought when I looked up the original comics online, yeah. that it just seems really miscast in comparison to the. the who comic. would have played him? Who would you want to play him? Who, like, who's the sort of actor around about now who would have been a better option as to play him? As much as I hate to admit Gosling. this, Gosling. Gosling. He's a guy you play. Is that he can age that kind of look about yeah, him? Yeah. I, I hate to admit that because you know how I feel you about Gosling. Gosling yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of when I was watching it. I think this is a film that probably. Try to get maybe they try to tap Gosling for in some way. Um, or the stout sort of had to make do. Uh, yeah, I think they have. He's definitely he's not a, he's not a first option for this role by a long way. If they wanted to go for that dryness, even that boy I don't like from Avatar. What's his name? Sam Wellington. Even him. Yeah, he you're a, a better option. Fit. You know, you know, I think the guy who we like who's in um, Midnight Special recently uh, is in Loving. Oh, I can't remember his name now. He's in Michael Shannon. No, not Michael Shannon. He's well, oh, what's his name? It's Egerton. Joel Egerton. Oh, Joel. No, he's not, he's not carried the eye. He's not got the, the chiselled looks enough. Fair enough, but yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe I, I thought Dane the Hammer's mask cast. I think Delavine, the Delavine was called. Delavine. Delavine. There's no yeah, There's no in it. In it. Um, <laughs> she was pretty solid. She didn't really have much to do, unfortunately. She was actually in it more than probably Dane DeHaan was. Possibly. But yeah. didn't actually have much to do. I think it's a hard one to make. Not many have done it, but going from model to actress seems to be a hard look to make. And uh-huh. Do you know what? I hope she she's kind of she's a little bit of charm about her, which we'll give her credit for that. I thought yeah. she was solid. Yeah. solid but nothing spectacular, but solid enough. Her delivery was better than hers. His, yeah. uh, for sure, there's no doubt about that. And everyone else in it, you've got Clive Owen, you know, um, Ethan Hawke, Ruger Howard, Brianna, didn't really get any time to do it, did they? Really? Nah, they, they were kind of in the bit parts, you know, they came in. There's quite a lot of funny bits on it, the, the kind of alien scene where they kidnapped her, that was funny. The comedy was, the comedy worked, just yeah. the rest of the stuff just didn't that, really that's work. That's what I wish they'd done, I wish, uh, when the comedy came it was kind of snappy, funny, I wish they'd have actually thought, you know what, this works better, as it likes comedy, uh-huh. or these two have good kind of comedic chemistry, do it, and they never. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'd right, you do it, yeah. Um, out of, you do it out of ten, what would you do it out of ten? Uh, I, I would give it a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half. Yeah. Andy, would you rate it out? Four. Four, Four out of ten? ten. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go up something um, two. Out of two out of ten? Two out of five. Oh, five, okay. That was... I, gave it some, I gave it some credit for the visuals. I thought the visuals, apart from the opening ten minutes, Hated it. Hated the first 10 minutes, but apart from the opening 10 minutes, the visuals I thought were pretty solid and pretty, and it looked something I've not seen before. So when I give Bess and Graver swinging for that, but story, plot, everything else just makes it fall away from me. And it, it, really, it felt like I struggled. To, it felt like a long two hours in the cinema to me. It, it definitely had, you can, you can tell a Besson film and it had that. You could see that this is Besson. You would know who did it. You'd never seen a song for all that. Yeah, it felt Besson. Yeah. It's fifth element. That's what yeah, you can see. Like fifth you element. can see yeah. all that, yeah. But, um, yeah, so <coughs> Valerian City of a Thousand Planets. I recommend it, Richard. Meh, I'd say DVD man. watch. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, if you've, got, if you've got the time and the the money, it's not a bad film, it's even it is visually, there's better stuff out, I think, and I think there will be better stuff out worth seeing. Think about Mark Down as 
another run in Carol Devine's acting career definitely yeah. I think it's done it'll do good for her too ok yeah. on to the next one next um, one have you seen anything else recently because I'm about the next one um, I've seen uh, Batman and Harley Quinn what do you think of Batman and Harley Quinn I, I missed this one because of timing what, what do you think of right. Batman and Harley Quinn um, I'm by, by the way I'm a, a ton of like, DC animated TV shows right, like okay. Batman Beyond all that kind of stuff right, right. but he also done year one the Batman feature length one ok that's one with Brian Cranston playing Commissioner Gordon and it's mm-hmm. all the year Batman it's really well done yeah. he did the killing joke yeah, which, which we've decided we're not a real not big fan bad, of. Not bad, but not, not, not Killing good. Joke's a very thin novel. The, 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 the comic book was great for it, and I think it had to have up to at least a fraction of it, and it just felt Didn't really do it. Yeah. So anyway, Sam Lee's new option is Batman and Harley Quinn. Batman and Harley Quinn. With um, Kevin Conroy doing with Batman, Kevin which we all Conroy. love Kevin Conroy doing yeah, Batman. He yeah. is Batman in my mind. He's not, he's not Adam West, is he? No, but when, you know, like, you hang if you close but your eyes. So you're reading Batman, do you, you read it in a certain voice? Kevin Conroy. I give it Kevin Conroy voice, yeah. Apart from reading Batman 66, I'll read it in Adam West's voice. I do it in Dane DeHaan's voice. Dane DeHaan's voice, yeah, that's so odd. <laughs> uh, but no, when I, when, I, when I hear Batman in my head, it's Kevin Conroy's voice. Kevin okay. Conroy's voice, doesn't it? Um, what did I think of this one? Maybe I'm getting old and, and, and grumpy, but there was a lot of... I, 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 I suppose this is Harley Quinn's character. Maybe I don't know as much as maybe I should, but... It's a lot of kind of tits and ass jokes and you know, a lot of kind of Is it an 18 or a 12? It's right a 12, eh? Right, okay. <laughs> Which I was shocked because I was watching and thinking I would not let a 12 year old kid near this movie. Is it, so, is it raunchy or not raunchy? There's, there's, there's raunchy in it. I mean, it basically. Puffle Van, say, Dark Knight Returns. Well, there, there's a lot of jokes about Robin's cock and stuff like that. Is there? Yeah, Seriously? There, there, yeah, basically, Harley Quinn rapes Robin. Does she? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so, so there's a lot of kind of cock jokes and stuff like that. And maybe it's just, maybe, maybe I'm foodish, I don't think I'm but I, I just kind of feel I don't need that. I don't want to see kind of smut and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, some of it was quite funny. Um, a few nice nods, um, Swamp Thing pops up for the wee second. Oh, nice, yeah. Florian was in it so nice. stuff like that. But no, it just felt it's something that I would watch on TV. Um, had I've known what it was I was going to see, I wouldn't have seen it. We've seen the cinema. Not even seen something in the cinema like that. It's not even worth seeing the cinema because it's in the cinema. No, for me, no. Uh, it is relatively short. Sure. I mean, what do you want? 70 minutes? 74 minutes. Yeah, uh, so I take your credits out and your run time's about 70 minutes. So 68, it's rapid. Minutes on it, yeah. But it's just really kind of smutty and a lot of, you know, kind of just childish jokes. And How did animation look? It's alright, kind of just a square jawed kind of chiseled Batman, you know what I mean? Compared like, to, say, for example, I think we agreed that um, Killing Joke's animation was a little bit wavy, t- or like, sort of, we didn't like that, it. That was more comic book, this was definitely more you, you kind of square jawed, you know, you've got a triangle face kind of, well, okay. and that, that kind of animation. It wasn't too bad, it was, you know, it was clean enough, I suppose. Uh-huh. But I don't know, it was just, like I say, just one too many smutty jokes in it for me. Are um, you a fan of DC putting these things in the cinema this time? You like the idea of doing it? Mm, Cape Crusaders because it was something a bit special but after that one I honestly think I'd go and see another one yeah I mean I wish they put Dark Knight the Dark Knight one the two-parter in the cinema I think that was a, that's a crackingly well done it's, I don't cartoon. know if I would like that in the cinema I think that's a have a cup of tea on your couch chill back and watch yeah. it maybe. but no I was, I was very under under odd by it um, overall and I was looking forward to it but yeah maybe it didn't really do it for you maybe, I see, maybe it's just me that doesn't understand the Harlequin character maybe that's her did it go for the kind of slutty wedge? Very, very, very much, like extremely, yeah, to, to the extreme. Is she in love with the, is the Joker in this film? No, he's, he's referenced on it, but he's, right. he's, he's not in it. Um, but yeah, she, she, she is very much, you know, the 
Temptress. Yeah, yeah. When he comes to the kind of very the slightly, Lolita yeah, character yeah, type thing. Aye, not, not even Lolita, just like. Um, and I, for me, I, that's not how the Harley Quinn I know, but yeah. I don't do comic book Harley Quinn. Is she more in tune with the Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad, yeah, basically, and more on that level? On that level, but really, really slightly. Well, the one is in Suicide Squad, oh, pretty slightly. Much slightly than that, isn't it? I mean, it was. I mean, that's when I think. When you problem. watch it, let me know if I'm missing the Harley Quinn character, because I think that's what it is. Mm. Um, Chris had just left, him and Martin seemed to really enjoy it, and they're both big average readers of the comic books, so right. they maybe understand the character more than you do. They like Kitsunat a lot more than you do. Possibly. Um, but I, I just didn't get it at all. Didn't get it at all? It just maybe went over me. Um, I'd, I would if you're get, watching at home, you'd probably enjoy it more? Yeah, a lot more, yeah, just relaxed. Um, I wouldn't. Want to rush out and see it. Is it busy? Yeah, aye. It's about three quarters field, maybe 150 people. And it's three screens, isn't it? That film paid like three screens on evening, so people want to see it. It's 70 minutes, so you can rattle through them quite quick, yeah. But you can tell by the reaction of people, there was a lot of people that were a lot bigger fans than me of that character and perhaps Batman Animation as well. I'd probably give it a four out of ten. Four out of ten, like pass marks? Four's not bad. No, four's below average. Well, it was below average. Like, like, like a five, like, like give it uh, four out of ten. But if you're watching at home, maybe a six. Um, at home, it maybe came up to a five. I mean, if I was watching it with Andy, I mean, you'd probably have more banter in between, yeah. and maybe he would say, "Oh yeah, Captain would do that." If I was watching it, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's rings true for Captain." But because I didn't get that, again, I think it's me that's missing the character, not the movie that was that was particularly bad. But I can only rate it. In well, it's not based on one particular story, though, is it? From what I saw, no, it's, I don't it's think just so. it's a brand new story based on the two of them. Yeah, it's not based on a pre-existing comic no. line. Nothing. Don't think so. Right? I think so. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. But again, I'd like, I've actually never was read a comic with Harley Quinn in it. Did so Paul Dini write it, or was he just created a, um, created the creator of it? Did you notice? I didn't notice at all. No, because he, uh, he, he created the character, so I'm always thinking about it. No, because you only made it at the start, you know, created by um, Gilt, you know, they all have the Bob Kane thing as well. Oh, you missed the first couple minutes of it. Based on the, the current DC Extended Universe movies? That's what I don't know, honestly. Don't know. No, it's not tying into that, is it? Um, Batman was in it. That helps. But is he? But is he? No. Is it a Batman <laughs> from, like, say, the current DC universe, yeah. or a different Batman? I'm just thinking, uh, does it expand on what was established in Suicide Squads with those two? No, no, it was not in that. Nothing no, that. No, no, no. Right. So, wouldn't you give a miss to then? But no, don't, don't. Me, yeah. It's outside my house, so, but don't. It's a home watch. Don't, yeah. It's home. Yeah. Still see it at home. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, I think it's just my misunderstanding of what they're doing rather than the movie. Or what, or what we know of the Harley Quinn character is yeah. slightly different to what the Harley Quinn has now became over the past like, couple of years. I think this is probably true to Harley Quinn characters. I didn't recognise it as any of the old Harley Quinn kind of bodies I've seen before. Fair so enough. I think that's what it is. Um, what I'll do, I'll ask Mr. Gilby tomorrow what he thought. He's a he's big, massive Batman, so we'll kind of find out this yeah, you I was actually discussing with him when you guys were discussing Valerian, and he said he liked it. If yeah, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, said he did text me and tell you he quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And he's a much bigger Batman fan than he yeah, was. Yeah, definitely. Not. So, uh, if, 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 if a fan likes it, there must be something there. Yeah, they will like it. I think you just that. I was ignorant to what I was watching. Okay. Yeah. Which um, I'm not comfortable being ignorant to watching it. Usually I'm anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else I saw this week, um, you haven't seen, um, is Atomic Blonde. Mm. Are you going to go see Atomic Blonde? Um, I want to try and see it next week, but I don't know whether or not. Okay. So go for it, but don't. don't I'm not, I'll keep it spoiler free. Try, because I want to go with you. I'll probably go and see that. Um, oh, it's directed by a guy called David Leach, who is first time he's directed a film. He was sort of a co-director, but not credited on John Wick. Okay. So right. he comes from that world, but he's, a, he's also like a big stunt coordinator. He's done like stuff like 300, right. um, and Beef Vendetta, and all the Bond films. So the guy knows his way around so the stunt. So take a lot of exciting set pieces uh. here. Um, it's based on a comic book called The Coldest City. 
okay. by a guy called Anthony Johnson and Sam Hart, which I've got in the house and I've never read, but I'm going to try and read it now um, after this. Just um, Anthony Johnson um, gave up his movie career and became Anthony and the Johnsons. Shut they? up. Okay. Um, this film is set in the Cold War Germany, Cold War, like sort of, as the walls about to get torn down, it's sort of the final throws of the Cold War. The Cold War, yeah. yeah. The um, Charlie Theron gets sent to Berlin in order to just find a file that's got all the names of the double agents and super agents in both sides to stop them all getting killed essentially, so it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Okay. Um, which is pretty much the same plot as Mission Impossible. Four, I think. Kinda, yeah. Possibly one of the Bonds as well at some point. Make it yeah. retro and it becomes a yeah. different Michigan. Um, Starring Charlie Theron, <coughs> as we all agree, is probably one of the best female actors around. She's pretty, she's absolutely badass. Yeah. She is Imperial to Furiosa. We adore Charlie Theron. How does she do an act? She, she can act. She's good at shops. How does she, she do action scenes? We'll get to in a minute. Oh, okay. okay. Hold your You've also got James McAvoy, who, even if you've seen the trailer, James McAvoy is clearly the most untrustworthy motherfucker you've ever seen in the history of film. Yeah. Like the fact that even in you suddenly film you go, oh, maybe James McAvoy's a good guy. No, no, no. no. Look at James McAvoy. What is it? And you realise he cannot be trusted at any point. <laughs> uh, also got John Goodman in it as well. Playing oh. a, he plays a CIA agent. Okay. Just comes in, does his thing. John Goodman does John Goodman things. How much screen time did he have? Maybe ten minutes total. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cap- extended cameo almost. Always solid though. Always. Being when you come never not solid. Yeah. You know, you always believe what he's doing. Yeah. You've got Eddie Marsden as well. I love Eddie Marsden. He's in it. He, play, he plays like an East German um, agent who's. Was it, what was it, Stasi? Was it Stasi they were? Or that Russian um, I'm thinking of? You're thinking of Spetsnaz? No, maybe. No, I think he's part of the German, the East German um, police. Eddie's got, it's that face, and he, you can just, he does nothing. And it's pure innocence, the face. face. It's such a cute just, face as well, yeah. Who that is. Um, yeah, you know me, so he's in, he's in like a ton of stuff. Um, also got Toby Jones in it as well. He's playing sort of like John Goodman's counterpart with the... Don't like Toby Jones. Why do you like Toby Jones? Okay. Um, he's, again, I think always a really reliable <laughs> actor. Um, you've also got Sophie Botella. Do you know who Sophie Botella is? I know the name. She is a razor leg girl from... Gazelle. Gazelle from... Uh, the Mummy. The Mummy, yes. Yes, I've got her. She's also in Kingsman as a razor legs. Okay. Yep. Um, and also Till Schweiger is in it as well. Who's that? He's the one in, in Glorious Bastards, remember? The German who kills Nazis, remember? Uh-huh, yes. Right, the one who... He, uh-huh, yes, right. I have got you. The one who killed like, all the German generals in his head. This is, by all accounts, it, it is a film <coughs> for a 13-year-old boy. All... <laughs> Guns, blood, violence, boobs, and lesbians. I've had it described as John Wick with boobs. That's, I mean, I'll, I'll also you call it Joan Wick if you wanted to. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, like yeah, yeah. Um, the trailer doesn't really give that though. I it's think just, the trailer does give that when you see the trailer. I, I, think I, I never get any kind of sexuality or, you know, this is a kind of boobs movie from the trailer. Yeah, so there is. It's a good solid action thriller. It is an action thriller. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a decent plot. Again, it's a similar problem to actually Valerian, which is it's got. You could probably. You need to lose a bit. 90% plot because there's right. so much of it okay. so many twist turns the last half hour moves so many directions I was genuinely like well, I didn't know where to look it was like I don't know what the hell is happening films you think are getting like that like, everyone likes a good plot mm. but in a movie that's intelligent enough to need it yes it doesn't it's too strong films plot. need to yeah. be you know get from point A to B yeah. as, as much action as you can but it's a little clutter maybe. Mm-hmm. like Mad Max yeah, yeah, yeah. Theron is fantastic in it. She's excellent in it. She's mm-hmm. got real charisma on screen. We all know this. Who's better, right? right I'm going to throw this one in. Angela, Julian, Saul, or Theron? In Theron in this. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Okay. The thing that she got, this is done by the guys on John Wick. So the action scenes, there's one particular 20 minute action scene which is phenomenally good. Right, okay. right. Excellent. It's brilliant. The difference you've got between this and John Wick, if I put it slightly below John Wick, is Charlie Theron is a great actress and she's probably great at doing stunts as well. She's learning how to do it, mm-hmm. but she's still learning to do it. So there's a few times that it's cuts away. 
right. to make it look even better, you know, make it look more cohesive. Yeah. Whereas with because Keanu is a fully trained martial artist, mm-hmm. there's whole scenes in particularly John Wick too. Keanu is John Wick. But he just basically just the camera just follows him around, it's not cutting away, it's just yeah. like following him doing what he does. Yeah. You know, something yeah. like the raid of that as well, which just following these people are so good at what they do, don't need to cut away. Yeah. They have to do that a little bit with the run of the cut right. away. Okay. But when it like I said the twenty minute scene you don't really do much cutting in the twenty minute scene and it is phenomenally good, it's fantastic to watch. Okay. And it really did move. But that is the best moment in the film. The rest of the action scenes in the film are solid but don't quite have the same punch that to it. That, it might be one of those films you watch a second time around mm-hmm. and enjoy it a little bit more. First time around, it's a lot of fun, but it doesn't quite have me the same way that John Wick hit me. Okay. Um, here's another question for you then. Scarlett Johansson or Theron, who would win? Oh, Theron in a heartbeat? Think so. Oh my god, yes. Black Widow? Oh, Theron. But she's not playing. She, you're asking me Scarlett Johansson the person, but you asked me Black Widow. Who are you asking me? Black Widow. Versus? Versus her character. In this? Yeah. Oh, it's a good fight. Yeah. Oh. Is 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 Black Widow allowed her things? I reckon I had whatever weapons I've got and stuff. Still taking Throne. Dude. Yeah, still taking Dude, it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm he's talking about the film as well. There's something <laughs> I was texting somebody else about this and I'm going your opinion on it. We're both huge Tarantino fans. Mm-hmm. Do you think when Tarantino uses music in a film, that is it no longer allowed in our film? No, no I don't. No. No? No. Because in this film they use the, the Bowie song, the one that's in Inglourious Bastards, the Camp Power or something mm-hmm. it's called. They use that in it. And did that, did you feel a bit kind of, I felt, no, yeah, this yeah. is not yours? No, yeah, <laughs> I instantly associate that song with Tarantino. I get that because he's so kind of like recognisable yes. in iconic movies. You would attach it to that. Uh huh. Like for yeah. example, like no one could ever use Little Green Bag in anything again. I don't know. I think you could put it in Gallery. James Gunn could. I don't think he would want to touch it. I think even even probably Guns N' Roses. Right a lot of, like you couldn't put that Redbone song in anything. See, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of. I'm more like kind of oh, cool. I know that song for that film. That's good because it, it's a good association because I like that. So you think you use like the Pulp Fiction thing? The bang. You yeah. can. You think you put that in something else? And yeah, okay. It's like stuck in the middle. Uh, if you hear that song, Red you see that scene. Yeah. yeah, you can't put it in anything oh, else, I, can I you? I could not? put Swayze and Devil Dancing in that, and I'd be quite happy. I, do, I think, the, I think, still, instantly your mind would go towards. Oh no, you definitely want to switch to that movie. I wouldn't think you can't use it in another film. I wouldn't think, oh, that's bad now. No, see, see, it, took, it actually generally one of the things that takes me. <laughs> it took me out of the film. Yeah. Uh-huh, honestly, like there's some things like when Tarantino uses a film and a song, a song in a film. To me, that at that point it becomes that is unanimous to that is film, it? and it only can be used in that film. I don't want to hear it ever again. He's strange, man. It is odd. I know. I, know, I totally get that. <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. Like, for example, the Kill Bill soundtrack. I don't see it. it like, every time I even hear that, and like, so like, they use it in like sports sometimes. Like, no, that's a that's Tarantino. Use it in Tarantino. Even Nancy Sinatra. You know the. Um, what's it? for Rockets? No, Bang Bang. Bang Bang, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. That's, that should only be in Kill Bill now. That's yeah. all I want to hear, ever hear it in. No, I, I don't mind it. It's Maybe not, maybe make it a better film because I think I like the last film, this song's in it. Is this a good film? So you're okay with it? Yeah, I'm okay with it. Fair enough. Damn, I'm an idiot. So. Yeah, no, no, I've used, yeah. I mean, I'm wondering though because obviously a big film this year with a big great soundtrack was Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I know because I, I didn't know, I not only knew one song in Baby Driver apart. There's a few I got. Yeah. I know one I really knew was um, Brighton Rock. Right, right. So everything else in, in, everything else in Baby Driver I didn't know. Okay. So I'm wondering, I would hear those songs again, am I going to take me out of the film? Because you're going to think this isn't. I instantly think Baby Driver, yeah. <laughs> what was the. Obviously, it's set in the 80s, and that was a kind of 80s child, um, so the soundtrack. How, Soundtrack's was good, it? but it's a little on the nose. Is it? A bit like. Remember, what was the film with Denzel Washington? Flight? Remember the mm. flight? Zemeckis is pretty bad at this. Like, his soundtracks are so on the nose. Like, I'm sure in Flight, the guy wakes up to the song. Alcohol by like the Nickelodeon or something like that. Right. Yeah, so it's like it's like a little bit it's too. A, like, 
Yeah, you know, someone taking Don't drugs. Don't spoon feed me so much. Yeah, maybe, someone yeah. taking drugs. What do they use under the bridge or something? You go yeah, like, okay, right, we get yeah. a perfect day or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know what these songs are about. It's a little bit too obvious yeah. of what you're using. Okay, like, that's a good you, example. What you're talking about perfect day train spotting. Yeah, yeah. Right. was that the first time we used the film though? Perfect day. I don't know, but now it's what you instantly associate yeah, with. Lust for Life, for example, in Transport. Yeah, there yeah. is something you can use a film, a song in a film, and once you've used it in that film, it should be completely out of every film because you go, we cannot touch that song. We're completely we're devoid from touching that film, that song from that, any other film. Okay. And Lust for Life, for example, Transport, one as well, you go, that's it, that, they've got that song forever. There's a few. Tantium's a big one for me that I can think of, yeah, you know. That, that's it for me. No, yeah. I don't mind that at all. Don't mind that at all. Fair enough, we're all different. Um, Market at 5 I'm giving it a 3.5 Oh that's not bad that, That's pretty that's good That's good That's decent It's yeah. a good action It's not John Wick But it's a lot of fun It's kind of It's not like one of the films If you come home at night Like after going out on a Friday And it's on TV At like 11 o'clock And you lie on the couch walking, you go This is awesome It's that level of fun Okay that sounds it's good It's really fun I'm going to try and go and see it next week So if we get the time After we've seen it We'll try and throw it out there Yeah I mean I would make talk about it again a wee bit So yeah. I'd, I'd see what you think of it yeah. Okay uh, One you saw Which you didn't see in the cinema Unfortunately you might have found it on somewhere um, <laughs> that I didn't see and I'm very good I didn't get to see it was Shin Godzilla Shin Godzilla oh, um, that is the best film I've seen since Wonder Woman seriously seriously is that good yeah that good. interesting to see the guy who played the original Godzilla died recently oh, did he the guy who's in the suit of cat I'm not going to remember his name but he passed away like two or three days ago um, yeah me and Andy have seen Shin, Shin Godzilla um, and do, do, do you know what it just what it, what it sums up is leave Godzilla alone and let Japanese make them because it's a reboot. It's the first reboots that the Japanese Godzilla. This is the first time the Japanese have ever rebooted it, isn't it? I think the so. yeah, yeah. They've always used it as a continuous story. Mm-hmm. This is one they're saying it's never happened before. Yeah. This is the first introduction Set of Godzilla. Times, yeah. It works purely as a kind of political satire. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you took Godzilla out of that, it. it just works as a political satire. Yeah. Almost it's really clever. Almost yeah. Starship Troopers, almost in the same way. Good. Yeah. Really good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? all man a suit or is it a bit CGI as well uh, CGI but what I loved about this and we talked about this I loved the fact they CGI'd it to make it look like a guy in a suit right okay it's it's really genius, genius. genius see I feel like it's a little bit in the new one they made see the one that they brought out recently the yeah. American one there's a bit when the show goes out at the airport and he sort of shows his shoulder and he stands like a boxer That's right, and yeah. it looks like a guy in a suit they've got that they've got that kind of man in a suit and right. all that's missing is the creases in the rubber suit right. you know really, really well worth watching loved it loved yeah. it they, they, they kind of done it the way we were talking about this is like, kind of when there's no action it's just set in a single location so, so budget. it's just the budget's constrained to just dialogue in a room but the dialogue's just fun it's, it's punchy it's, it's satirical really fast and snappy yeah. it's almost yeah. like a bit like monsters to an extent a wee bit like sort of like they have these big scenes that you could make you interesting enough to, it to is, sit yeah. through uh-huh. the non kind of non big scenes are it's really snappy dialogue right, okay. it moves really fast yeah, you right. have to pay attention and focus yeah. you know? but when Godzilla eventually unleashes the beast my god do we get atomic breath in it off you get there's one scene in it where we were both just literally on the edge of the couch (laughs) just like that's Godzilla that's how you do Godzilla see that's what I thought when I saw like the new one like the most recent one see when the Godzilla does the the atomic breath Mm. like I literally think the cinema's first I jumped out to see I was so excited to see him do it I'm like oh my god he actually got something this will make you this will be something it's 
brilliant. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much because yeah, I'm not yeah, seeing yeah, it yet. I'm a big boy Zelda fan. Comparison towards, like, say, the original ones, is it sort of better than them? Is it on a, is it it's on a par. It stands alongside them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It holds up. You could put, you know, all those DVDs in a row and it would you'd be so like, yeah, the, the ones they watch don't look as good because they're always increasing the sale. Yeah, it gets the essence of vanilla Godzilla. But there's a nostalgia aspect to the original ones that you all love. Is it better than Zemeckis? What? Not Zemeckis. Devlin one. Spots off at anything Hollywood can do. That's what I'm Hollywood should leave Godzilla to the Japanese. Better than case. the one that the Godzilla one came out recently? Yeah. I really like the one that came out recently it's though. A good way to describe it is I love movies that are so bad they're good. Uh-huh. I thought it was going to be that, but no, it was just so good. It's so good. 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 Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. It was a beautiful like film. Like I said, I wanted to go and see if it was on at like 8 o'clock at the cinema, yeah. which meant I wouldn't finish till like half 10 because of the trailers. Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't get home till like midnight. I thought I just I can't just find it on a Thursday night, yeah. unfortunately. No, I'm, I'm sure it'll be available for the VOD or something like that. Video on demand. Um, but it, it means we all be like the same thing as movies. Never download stuff for the no, early no. kids. It's, Bad. Um, can you copy? <laughs> um, but no, it's really, really good. I would give it a, a solid eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half out of ten. Really, that's that's a lot. I, I would actually agree with that. Yeah, like turn up that high. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm smiling. You've really got me intrigued with this song now because like. You I was looking at my top ten. I said, "What? I was like, oh, we have to do. You're thinking, what's in my top ten? There's only maybe maybe three films that I'm going like they're definitely in it. Everyone else, I'm kind of." I'm trying to find room for again, I'm not really sure. Save this a, one could hit it. Save a space for Godzilla. Okay, I'll look forward to it. So. Um, just as Andy found out from as well, Shin Godzilla translates as Godzilla's Godzilla. 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 Yeah. 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 Next one. Cool. I will, I'm going to look out for that one. Oh, I do. I'm all kind of excited. I can always see it again. For the record this time, I'm now drinking Hopopotamus. Hopopotamus. Which yeah. you were drinking last time, weren't you? It's nice. It's nice. Very nice. I do enjoy it. And can I just put in, Chris did actually ask for Hopopotamus. Like, he did. Did he get all the way he wanted at that point? Did she look at him like. She was fine with it. Like, never bathed his neither. She's like, I've heard it pronounced worse than that. I'm going to keep going with this one. Fair enough. Why did we serve these people? <laughs> um, okay. What else? Next film we're going to talk about is the one, absolutely, again, I only asked her. Sorry, out of. Oh, you said 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 out of 10. You're going 8.5 out of 10 as well for Godzilla. Legends for Flame. Legends for Flame. So I'm probably looking at me when a good 4, 4.5 somewhere. If I do see it. Final one we saw that we didn't see together is it's a film that's actually out properly next week. Yeah, out, out next Friday. Um, it's called An Inconvenient Sequel, um, Truth to Power. Mm. It's a follow-up to The Inconvenient Truth. Now, you're going to have to sell this for me because I do not like documentaries, okay. so you watch Cut Out, sir. And we work for this one, okay. Did you ever see The Inconvenient Truth by any chance? No, because no, I don't like documentaries. Don't like documentaries. <laughs> what I would enjoy about this one, and what I'm really happy at, is not only was this a film that got in a cinema release even just for one day, but it's actually getting a proper cinematic release. Okay. And as me and you have talked about before, Getting a cinematic release for a documentary seems almost impossible these days. It really, it really is. You know, yeah, and I get it to an extent because I understand people are now consuming documentaries more on, you know, Amazon, Netflix, yeah, that's yeah. what the world is. But it's something really, I think, enjoyable and fun and something becoming of watching a documentary in the cinema. Okay. But when I was watching this, I tried to think of what was the last film I saw in the cinema that was a documentary. That I haven't paid a premium for. Ah, right, okay. Right, right. just like I saw the Red Army one, paid mm-hmm. a premium for that. I yeah. saw even Michael Moore's recent documentary, I had to pay a premium to go and see that as well. We also saw Man in the Moon. Again. Last one was probably that Wolfpack one. That's what, that's what we got to. Wolfpack was the last documentary I saw released in the cinema. Why? Because it was shit. I liked it, I thought it was good, Wolfpack. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. 
you do like documentaries. I do, I do love a documentary. <laughs> I love a good documentary. But anyway, so I'm happy that someone's actually got a proper release. It's okay. nice to see that. That's got a proper message. Anyway. Who's it, the main star? Anyway, it's directed by people called <laughs> Bonnie Cohen and John Sheck, who really haven't done much in the past before, but the real star of the film is, of course, Al Gore. Right, okay. Former Vice President, Mr. Al Gore. Which is all I know him for. I don't know any of his, uh, any of this ecological stuff he does. Seriously? Dude, I'm, I'm all for global warming, man. I have been to fucking Scotland. Give me a couple of degrees. Then you are part of the problem, sir, is what you are. <laughs> now, it takes on 10 years after, the, or 11 years after the first one came out. The first one is basically like a public service about a PSA for the climate change that's happening. They're trying to awaken the world to ask what's going on and what, what we are doing to the planet and what the, how the planet's reacting to it. Um, and it obviously it had an impact because obviously it did sort of start this real kind of, or, or give impetus to this climate world. You know? Devil's advocate, was there not a lot of backlash saying that a lot of it was actually not scientifically correct as well? There's, um, see, this is the problem. Mm. Because the film was a big hit, it forced those who are contributing so much, like you know, of the pollution and all the the ecological disaster to the world. It forced them to sort of react and put out sort of almost fake news. And I think right. you use that term right now. I'm thinking more things like well, they're not saying that the kind of the ice age, uh, the, the kind of ice glaciers melting and stuff like that. That's just a natural kind of. No, it isn't. Again, everything that I've shows is a natural cycle. Mm. But the cycle is nowhere close to where it should be. We have speeded up beyond belief, and that's where she's coming from. Um. And I'm saying, to give the original one a watch, it's definitely worth a watch, definitely really interesting. You're really not going to watch it, I can tell them you're not going to watch it. It's really, really interesting. I don't like it. You look very bored of me right now. The only yeah. Ice Age documentary I'm going to watch is Ice Age. It's a documentary. documentary. Anyway, <laughs> this one, though, unfortunately, it's not as much a PSA, it's more about Gore himself. Okay. It's sort of following his journey after the film came out and then sort of him trying to get the climate change accord pushed through in Paris mm-hmm. so it doesn't feel like it's what's the climate right so, so dumbest dumb dumb really basically dumb in Paris down. 18 months ago every country in the world including the big contributors to global China, warming like China, India, America agreed to curb emissions and, uh, and it was a massive deal every country on the planet I think there was a set percentage by a set time, time scale yes. yeah. so they all okay. and the, the, fact that, the fact they agreed this was a massive thing Four weeks ago, Trump said that's not happening in Pilbara, America. But anyway, that's another part of the story. Right, okay. Um, so it's all the film itself leads up to the point of the signing of that agreement and go trying to. So basically, goes up like a national, a world ambassador for this, right. trying to unite different countries and different people and trying to get this stuff to happen. Okay. Can I just cut me something? Was Gore an asshole politician? I don't think he was. No, I think okay. he, he was. No, he seemed like a. Gore is a, he's a really he's a passionate man. Right, okay. But he's a boring as hell man. Right, okay. He's got a voice that gets him as you go. Oh, it, it, sure. does okay. gonna, it does take a while to get through here, okay? Okay. Because um, before the film, we had a, a Q&A session with him as well. Like when he came out the Frank Turner one we saw. Sort of ah, like, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, live? Yeah, live, yeah. Not in the room with us. Like, no, but live, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, and it sort of, it did take a little bit of time. It just seemed to me to go, like, kind of dull off a little bit. <laughs> um, but what he's saying, he's very passionate about, so you get that across. This film itself, I'm not going to trace it because you can see your eyes leaning over already. It's very solid, it's very educational, it's a little dry in its telling, you know, it's a little bit sort of, there's not a lot of, there's nothing really new in it in terms of like... Was the cafe on it? No. There's not a lot in it to try and make you interested in watching it, you know, it's like, there's a lot, you can make a subject a very dry and very sort of difficult to get into a subject and make it interesting, you know, like 13th it's on Netflix. It's a really tough subject to get into. It's all about sort of racial inequality in America. It's really hard, but the way it does it is really interesting and gets right. you involved in it. This needs something like that. Something to actually get you. 
sort of hooked into it a little bit and I felt that that was Jane, was a bit like in a National Geographic movie? It felt a bit like that, yeah. But again, because it wasn't so much about the actual event, it felt more about him personally. Right. And I still it felt it, it didn't really kind of work on the same level. Okay. As, like, Inconvenience Truth Rank, I came out 10 years ago, I was like in my early 20s, and it felt like it was an important film. This one doesn't feel like it can have the same impact on, on people, my, on people my, who were my age at that time, right. and they can kind of have that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to presumably do some Trump bashing. Not as much as you'd expect, to be honest. Because in the trailer, you see a lot of Trump bashing. That's sort of sold the, the film a little bit, yeah. Right. Sold the film based on that. Okay. But no, there's not a lot of that in the film, which I'm kind of glad of. I don't think you need that. Yeah. Like the issue's bigger. Shouldn't have. They shouldn't to rely on that. No, the issue's bigger than one man, and that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, and I don't think you need that. Trump. You do obviously mention the fact that the, the climate has been told out by America and stuff like that. What they're going to do, but yeah, it's, it's not. It doesn't. It's not like um, you know Michael Moore type thing about going on just bashing something for sort of continuing. Right. That's okay. and that's the main point. The main point is about the, the Paris Convention. That's not the main thing we get to yeah. Okay. Out of ten, sir, what would you give that this? Out of five, I do it out, remember? Out of five, would you? I, I do it out of five, remember? I thought okay, you do ten, I do five. Oh, uh, so again, it's all three stars. Three stars? Yeah, it's all three. For a documentary? For a documentary. Oh, you're an intelligent bastard. I'm not, it's just, like, it's fun <laughs> to watch. I think it will probably, again, people watch it in their own time. Five swears? Four? I've done four swears so far. You're, four, you're, you're using four out of five? Yeah. Oh, no, swears? Oh, sorry, yeah. not fucks? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, stop it. I think this, it's a film, it's, it's a documentary that Jill said a week throughout all of it. Yeah. That tell you I'm something. never going to watch it. Yeah, I know you're <laughs> going to watch it. <laughs> if people should watch it, I'm putting it out there, it's, a, it's solid enough to watch. You saw how excited I was when you <laughs> talked about this at the cinema for the trailer. And on to the final release of the week. Final release of the week we saw you last night. Last night, three of us seen this, myself, Andy and Richard. And Jill saw it as well. And Jill, a ghost story. A ghost story, directed by David Lowry. Uh-huh. Who, who directed Eight Them Body Saints. Which I haven't seen. Which is definitely more in tone with the ghost story. I've heard that. Yeah. Yep. And also directed last year, Peach Dragon. Which was one of the best films ever. Great movie. Yes, yeah, we, Dragon. The world did not agree with us, unfortunately. Peach Dragon is beautiful. I think it is, but box office everything did not film. agree with us, but I thought it was an awesome film. I, I was watching as hell. When I went in to see a ghost story, I was thinking, if this touches on even part of the emotion I got in Peach Dragon, oh, it's going to be a wreck. tear me apart. Oh, yeah. Interestingly, actually, we shot it at the same time as Peach Dragon. Was it? Was it? Uh huh. Yeah. It basically had like the shot in about I think it was about four, like three weeks or something. A three week gap in Peach Dragon's schedule for some reason. Right. And he shot it in that. Time. He made this movie. Yeah. Okay. It was. That's often for that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the basic story of it is, it's not going to spoil anything. Is that you got a couple, Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck. Casey, yeah. They are living in a house. Very much in love. Very much in love. Yeah. Start of the film, Casey Allen involved in an accident. Yeah. He dies. Yeah. On the mortuary table, he then wakes up as a, a ghost. As a ghost with sheet and all. Yeah, yeah. Like your stereotypical ghost. Like kid caricature. Scooby Doo. Yeah. Scooby Doo yeah. ghost. Walks home to his, the, 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 the house of Shear. Yeah. Where he then stays and just watches the world go by from that point of view. With a reason though. We yeah, won't spoil people, it, yeah. there's a reason. Well, he says he literally haunts the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. haunts the house. But for a reason. But with purpose, yeah. there's an intent he's haunting, he's not yeah. just haunting the house. Yeah. So, like I said, in it is Casey Affleck. I mean, at this point he hadn't won the Oscar yet. No, he hadn't. Hadn't won the Oscar okay. yet. Yeah. But it's also interesting, he does pretty much most of the film under a sheet. And it is him. Me and Andy, is it Affleck? It is Affleck, yeah. Definitely, It's all Affleck, all times, yes. Even the scenes when you maybe see Affleck and someone in the sheet in the same shot for some reason, it's a composite shot. Right, okay. So they're both, it's always Affleck under the sheet. See, Andy, the one part that I know, just as this point's behind, there was one part where you see the sheet and it's copper and light and you can see the figure inside the sheet. That pissed me off a lot. It made me kind of like, no, I don't want to, that's not. 
a go at Stuart at that point that's happening again. Right. That really annoyed me. All this time, Rudy Mara. Rudy Mara's got, she's so interesting to watch, but I don't feel like she's done a lot in this movie that Fair I enough. wanted to watch her doing. Um, I'm just going to say this film, it's Terrence Malick does Beetlejuice. Yes. It's, it's indie art house to the, de- to the very, nth degree. Very, very indie art house, yeah. Um, I want a bigger reaction for Malik does Beetlejuice. I thought it was a fucking outstanding description of that film and you just completely blown over it. No, I'm trying to think, because I, I don't think Beetlejuice, because Beetlejuice is really, really funny and clever. That's and stuff why like he's that. Terrence Malick directing it. He does not do funny, <laughs> he doesn't do comedy. Okay. Right, you got your laugh. <laughs> Thank you, I want to laugh out of this, my god. Yeah, I thought that was about the cinema last night, I thought Maybe I'm going to use it. I've been waiting 24 hours to use that line and you just completely ruined it. I never a silence to build on it and you fish no wait, I'm fishing for a laugh out of that one that was a good one we can edit in some canned well, laughter aye something yeah it's a bit <laughs> of a giggle on this one ah, right there we go it's a good description <laughs> see now you're swearing that, me that swearing was a, you that's a good swearing. description of that film and Did I stand by it you made me swear lots tonight <laughs> anyway what do you think of this film um, Right, I thought, I, I think out of the three of us, I was the one, the, the, the four of us, sorry Jill, um, Jill Gordon, yeah, um, four of us, I, I was the one who enjoyed it most. No, I would disagree. Tenzo. You I, see, you enjoyed it most? Yeah. No, I disagree, I enjoyed it I, I, I think I was the same, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, the, the first hour the of the film's hard work, but the last half hour makes that hard work. Worth it, yes. Yeah, which I think. Whereas I didn't feel that. I thought the last half hour was phenomenal. I won't take away from that. It was beautiful. For the journey to get there is, is the journey to get there. I didn't think justified. The, you fi- know, the final half hour. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was worth <coughs> the payoff. It is very short on narrative throughout it. Yeah. It's very. Much, it feels more. It feels like, like a poem. Yeah. It's like that's what I mean with the Malik thing. It's not. It's more. It's not just a series of like sort of almost vignettes to an extent. Technically, I loved it. I, yeah. I said that. I thought the soundtrack was amazing. Soundtrack was brilliant. I loved the four-three aspect ratio. Sure, it just yeah. made it feel really intimate. Mm-hmm. But I never felt as invested as I should have. There's a couple of scenes in the film that really do try the audience's patience to an interrupt a great deal. Yes. Yeah. There's a, certainly, it's been talked about for the pie eating scene with Rooney Mara. Um, it's a five minute scene. It's, no, it's, a, it's an eight minute scene. Eight right. minutes. Yeah. The first shot of it's seven minutes, and then you have a slight cut and she sits down. That's another two and a bit minutes. Right. And it's her eating a pie. Um, yes. I think Which, the point after is, giving it in Carol, that's the, a really odd thing to say. Don't. The, the, don't. <laughs> don't laugh about it. Um, don't you encourage me. That's funny. This, I'm not encouraging them. Backing them up. We all like to see Rooney Mara eat pie. Yeah. Is that what I'm saying? Right. Um, and and I, can, I, I can get what the scene is, you know. Bucket it's kind of grief how you deal with stuff like that, but... Yeah, maybe a wee bit unnecessary. He is, to this point, he is testing the audience beyond... Pushing. He's pushing the audience, yeah. 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 And what was surprised that that scene, also a couple of other shots, when you see the, the camera, it'll stop by the front of the house, or like the bit when, you, when it comes back to life as well. Yeah. A couple of other times as well, when it, it lingers in stillness for so long, it feels like the projection is broken. You get, like you get frigid, you start to think, what's... Give, give me something you don't know if there's something wrong or if, you know what's happening here yeah. well, maybe you've ple- been at this to meet you're uncomfortable yeah. Yeah, yeah. what I was pleased at though the audience we shot with was very respectful one, walk one, out, douchebag one, walked out. one guy walked out which I thought was a really warm out yeah for I thought it was going to be a couple yeah. but even when those moments of stillness and those moments of genuine quiet it was very quiet so much. I, yeah. I was, normally those kind of films you're going to get some level of yeah. um, like noise and giggling and laughter and sort of tuttering and all that kind of I stuff. I think when the audience leaves you, can, you, you felt the somberness yeah. everyone just kind of yeah, walked out there was just sure, this sure. kind of just people chew over it and yeah. think I'm not really sure what's happened. But I felt as well like I, I expect this film to attract an audience who would think it's something else. Yeah. Because the, the, the trailer sells it something else as well. I you think, think so? 
trailer gives you a lot of shots of the ghost doing stuff. You know, it's always there's a ghost doing this. It's 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 not about a, you know a ghost hanging about. Oh, he's been a cool ghost. That's not. What Apparently, wrote it as he's going to do it as he do it as a straight kind of standard horror. Yeah. And then he cha- sort of changed into something else. Yeah, there is, there is, I thought two genuine good jumps in it. Was there? I thought there was. Yeah. yeah. We're going to spoil I, I can remember one that yeah. was when someone bangs in a door or yeah, a window yeah. Yeah. Oh, and oh, there's oh, also oh, a bit okay. when something comes through the wall like, like when the house oh, I can't say if I ruin it oh no 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 you're right yeah, too sorry too yeah. genuine like it makes you go yeah. you're totally, it's totally out of nowhere it's because it's such a quiet film yes but you're so focused but it did get my heart pounding at that those two points I felt like that did genuinely get me it genuinely did get me get me jumping I never got the judge but I know the bits I mean Mm. yeah they they kind of did smash through his silence yeah you were in five minutes and nothing happened and something was like fuck me yeah yeah just kind of burst through the atmosphere oh what I was like God, see, this would be an idiot again. I'm not such an idiot all the time. But see how the ghost he had the black eyes? Uh-huh. Was that painted on? See, I was trying to figure out the whole film. Like, from a distance, it looks like it's painted on. But it's. But you get close, you can see the threaded threads of bears. It looks like it's cut out and you just darkness behind it. Is it like a blackness under it? Yeah, I think so. So you, so you can't see. I think you're not supposed to see half like underneath it. It's yeah, supposed, it's supposed, to, be, it's supposed to be a sheet, you know? Yeah. You don't ever see your feet or anything. It's no, you don't. Of, it's all, yeah. You see his feet at some point? Oh, I, I was yeah. looking, but I didn't. That, I, that was my bottom my, my, my effort when I tried to find stuff where yeah. the eyes were, not like, the eyes. I was listening to the director, and I was, he was telling him, he was listening to the rock interview with the director, and he was basically saying that a lot of the ghost stuff was shot separately from. It was, almost every scene with a ghost and her or someone else in the scene is a composite shot. Right, okay. Because they shot the ghost at a different frame rate than the actual film itself. Because there was a lot of wee flickers and stuff. Ah, uh-huh, and they caught your eye, you were like, why yeah. did I do that? I thought it was really clever. And they also sort of done a couple of different versions of it. So, for example, the scene where the pie's getting in, maybe she's eating the pie and the ghost just sort of standing there. Yeah, yeah. They had other options where the ghost would come into the scene and walk around and do stuff. And in other scenes, it would, it would, it would, it would like move back across, it would stand in a different place and do the blah blah blah. It would move around a lot. And they've done that without her there. Okay. And then based on how they felt the scene would play, they decided where to put them and what they would use the ghost for. And they felt the best way what would be having just sort of standing. Oh, that's great cover, man. Hats yeah. off for that. That's good, good to meet So man. from a technical point of view, the guys, I think the guys are really interesting directors. He's done some really, I mean, Ain't Anybody Saints that he did before, like a couple of years ago, is very much similar to the ghost. It's, very much, it's a tone film. Yeah. There's not a lot of dialogue in it. It's very much sort of visually, like sort of emotional. It, work, it, it does work. It, I think it works better narratively than the, the ghost story. No, a okay. bit more, but that's just my opinion. Uh, the Beast Dragon, I thought, was a fantastic piece of emotional filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, it's just such yin yang going from Beast Dragon to that. Because you're going to expect, and this guy made Beast Dragon, he's going yeah. to give me something, and you get something totally different again. But then you can almost equate it to the same year, like remember the years uh, Spielberg did. Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. He was filming both at the same time. Yeah. Uh, exactly like with you know, Peach Dragon and this. You know, it's all that, that kind Do of thing. you think with this film, people are going to feel bullied into giving it positive reviews? I think there will be people who will do that, I yes. I think there's going to be that element of people not wanting to feel like they're stupid if they didn't understand it, so they'll go, I loved it. But I don't yeah. think it's hard to understand. No, how, how you take it or interpret it is different, but to understand it, I don't think <coughs> it's hard to understand. I think, I think this film is one of the films, but it, it, it really will depend on your state of mind at yeah. the time when you see it. If you're in a vulnerable place, maybe after maybe suffering grief in some way yourself, yeah. and you see that film, I think it'll have a bigger impact than maybe us who have not really suffered much yeah. in recent memory that it's going to have that big effect on yeah. you. But I, I would say, anyway, if you don't like it, 
That's fine. It's, don't, it's, don't, you know, don't, don't, like, don't, don't, don't no. be scared to say I don't like it. Be constructive <laughs> when you don't fucking like it. No. If you cannot like it, be the opposite and think I'm not like it because everyone else does. If you don't like it, it's cool. That's, you know, that's, that's okay. But it is a polarised. It's one of those films that you either give a one star or a five star. It's well, the, what me and Andy are saying as well is it's not something we would ever watch again. <laughs> no, I don't. I, no, I, I, I yeah. couldn't go through a second view. No. But the first view, I think, I'm kind of glad I've seen it. I don't regret seeing it, but no. you know, I never want to see it again. And, there's a lot of stuff in it that will stick me, even yeah. now, will stick with well, me, but overall, I'll know how any kind of need to go and learn more about it. Again, I say, of all the films I've sold the last like, say, like 10, 12 days, oh. this is the one that's stuck with me, it's one I've talked about probably the most of people, yeah. all, and it's actually having an effect on me. Yeah. You know, Valerie, Valerie, I'm sorry, and um, Valerie, sorry, Atomic Blonde, Atomic Blonde as well, Atomic Blonde, genius, nothing. <laughs> Fine films and nothing wrong with them, not Valerian obviously, but... I just like Okay. Use the They're okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I've pretty much almost not quite forgotten every time I get to the bottom of the stairs in the cinema, but yeah. they're, they're not making me rethink as I'm walking home. I'm not lying in bed at night. Yeah. You're right, we walk down, we chat about the movie, you get to the door and it's like... It's, it's done. I That's honestly feel a wee bit different. I, I think about it, but I think about it in uh, respect so many missed opportunities. I was telling you this, yeah, like, yeah. I felt like... There was such a good setup for that first hour to really tug at the heartstrings, to yeah. really get into that kind of loneliness, grief, and it never pulled me into it. <laughs> see, for me, it did. <laughs> me, I got it. Was it was intentional, bro. Just it can't be intentional because he said he didn't pull him in at all. Whereas for me, I got that instantly yeah. from it. So obviously, it's just yeah. it's your interpretation of a yeah, moment. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You see, I, I mean, I, I got a lot of the heartstrings from the, the kissing scene, yeah. which I think kind of was seen. A lot of people seen as that was needless. And to me, I got no. That that's that's fucking love. I got them. I get the emotion of love for all those Even happen. the pie eating bit kind of go up wide. I think it? the pie eating, honestly, I mean, the people will sort of mock it to get degree yeah. because of it. And, you know, we'll be, oh, and, yeah, that's going to be in scary movies. And you'll have questions it, about yeah. it. Yeah, we'll be saying with the eight yeah. or something, yeah. yeah. But you get the raw emotion that that scene yeah. is, that you can yeah. see. And it's like Somebody dealing with grief, and, you know, you're watching someone going through grief. And it almost looks like in that scene, it's the first time she's been left alone. Yeah. yeah. Like she's been back from something, else. she's been playing with friends or family and stuff. And this is the first moment she's been in yeah, a house, she's just by herself, not anybody talking to her, because she's dealing with this moment yeah. and it's in the time. I felt it was a really tough moment. Yeah. And you saw her reaction to, not through the scene, but her reaction to what she does yeah. when eating it, it sort of that tells you how much grief she's actually yeah, got yeah absolutely yeah, I, I kind of got I, get, I think it's still over done it a bit <laughs> but yeah I <laughs> he does get, push it he does push it yeah. he does and I don't know if it's intent maybe it is he's just you know let's see how far we can go but I think he's thinking this is the only way to make you feel what I'm trying to get you yeah. to feel how I'm feeling maybe so, um, that was almost deep for me it was good I mean it's a deep deep film and I'll yeah. give it credit for that <laughs> um, and like I said we've said a lot of time we're so the, the cinema landscape right now is kind of it's kind of great time. It's kind of dull. It's very much the same stuff getting done again, and again, and again. Can you see the director actually having a swing at something different yeah. and interesting, and maybe putting something you're not expecting on screen? It should be applauded and it should be enjoyed. Well, yeah. absolutely. I've got a lot of criticism about it, but you can't take away that it's heartfelt uh-huh. and it's technical and it's. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. And that will inspire. Films, I'm know. hoping it does, yeah. Well, inspired by about things, you know what? I've got ideas and I want to put across my interpretation of grief, you know, like yeah. that as well. Well, inspired better films. It would make you, I mean, if, if you hear a film get David Lowry behind the camera again, it would make you interested to go and see it. I also just want to say, people are saying experimental filmmaking, fuck off, it's not experimental. It's, there's, there's nothing groundbreaking about it at all. Um, it's different and interesting. It's not. It's very much, it's, it's yeah. indie art house, is what yeah, it is. It's very it's, much all it's, 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 you know, you know, it's not groundbreaking. It's not, you know, it's yeah. experimental in the same way that. Who the, who the cares again? 
case way back in the day. Uh, who rated that? Oh, and the guy that made 30 D-Bags. He made, um, I, Daniel Blake. <laughs> I don't know who it was. Ken Loach. Ken Loach. Did it's he in, do Kez? I'm sure he did do Kez, yeah. But you didn't know it. It's, it's, it's experimental in the same way that his film is, it's, it's almost yeah, real yeah, life yeah, in the yeah, extent. Kitchen sink that. drama. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's not experimental, it's just sort of a different yeah. form of filmmaking. Yeah. I think the best description in my mind I came to was... Please tell me it's Malik does Beetlejuice. I want some comments for that. I like him to an album. If you have an album where the first ten songs don't grab you, maybe the odd chorus, but uh-huh. the last two songs are amazing, yeah. does it make it a good album? Do you say it's Nebraska by Springsteen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, does that justify it? Can you go, right, it was a good album because of that finale, those final two songs? Yeah. You know, it's, it's a tough one. Or even, yeah, not even the final two, there's two songs on the album that you like out of ten, you go, right, yeah. does, it make it, does it make it an instant classic? Yeah. Or is it, you know, it's or two songs like not the album. Yeah. Would you fast forward past yeah. it? those two songs justify the rest of the album being a bit meh? Like if any album by R.E.M. has two surefire hits on it, yeah. the rest is a bit of filler. Yeah, the rest is pretty. Um, the, the other thing we need to handle about as well, I don't know if you agree or not, is I think this would have made an amazing short film, a 45 minute movie. It yeah, would have no, been absolutely. absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Had you condensed that first hour into 15 minutes, had the last half hour, you would have had some special. Well, even condensed it, I don't mind slow burning movies, but I just feel they could have really, really explored the whole grief process yeah, a lot and just dragged you into that, that, yeah. that girl's world, you know, yeah. a lot more than they did. So, out of 10, so are you giving it? Out of 10. <laughs> Four. Oh, come four, on, four? four. So you, you said you liked it at the start, and you gave it a four. No, I, I did like it, but I wouldn't go and see it again. And like I did say this one, I've got to agree with this one. If somebody said to me, you know, would you recommend to go and see that? I, honestly, I'm the heart couldn't say it, I would recommend it. I would say yes, I, I but... I would I need to kind of give full yeah, disclosure yeah. and say, look, if you go and see this, you're going to fucking be bored for an hour. And you know, you kind of... I would definitely, I would definitely give you a caveat of what to expect in it. Yes, right, maybe. but I would still recommend it to the greater. If the person who's going to see it was a casual film viewer, I'd maybe say give it a miss. Yeah, because if, if, if you're looking for cinema as entertainment, yes, it's not. It's if not. there's someone you know who's a film lover and a film fan and wants to watch different things and see everything, I would say yes, it's definitely worth watching. Right, how about this? First hour of four, the last half hour of seven. Exactly. I know it's kind of awkward, but average out of the six. I soon? honestly can't give it a, an overall. I really so like five it. and a half then. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Andy, well, we're going to go there. I'm actually going to go one of a different. Each way. I'm going to go three for the first hour. Right. I really did enjoy it. Last half hour and eight. Eight. So you're probably yeah. out, out a five yeah. at the end for you. Um, out of five, I only go star wise. I'm going to say three and a half to four. Like it, mainly because the final half hour did grab me in a big way, and it forgives a lot. Which is the point of that movie. Which is, but Joe, you know it's good as listening to us just We've talked about it. We've talked about it more than any other film we've seen yeah, this week. Yeah. We kind of waxed about it, and yeah, that's. And I guarantee in a year's time, we'll probably not remember more about this film than we have about any other film we've talked about today. Apart from the Just as a kind of we side note here, the soundtrack I'd give ten. Beautiful and soundtrack. That was half like singing as well. Was it Affleck's singing? Yeah, yeah, it was Casey Affleck. I was like, a good voice. That song was Affleck. I was probably... a good voice. Yeah, Casey Affleck, you know, be able to get up your career sing. My bro is wicked smart. Jesus Christ, man, yeah, totally. Yeah. Really, really good, really good singer. Affleck can do no wrong. Both of them? Yeah. Well, Ben's kind of... Ben's done his wrong, he's passed it down. Ben's got two Oscars. <laughs> two goddamn Oscars. He had to fight to get them. No, he, he did he not. He had a long trouble though to get them. His first movie got him an Oscar. I know, but then... What a Dude, I know you love Affleck, but... He's had some dips. Every actor has dips. Unless you're Kurt Russell, you've had dips. Yeah, 
cut doesn't yeah, have cut. Oh, Bruce Campbell. No. Bruce Campbell doesn't have that Bruce Campbell with a lot of dips. No, they're not. They're just um, Bruce Campbell. The wheelies of like, uh, just a, a random path what left station. Still, still, still Bruce Campbell, so. He, he also had terminal invasion, though. Bruce Campbell. But he was good in a bit. Okay. Um, so out next week, we've got a few things out this week. Right? next week. We've got the Hitman's Bodyguard. Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. Which looks like a kind of film where everyone who's on set is having a great time and it yeah. will not translate to the front uh, screen. I think you could be right. Yeah. See, but everyone, all the interviews behind scenes will be great how much fun they're having. because you've got two funny, funny people. Charismatic as hell. Is it going to work? I don't um, know. We'll on this one. Yeah. We've got Annabelle Creation, which is the prequel of the prequel of oh, The Conjuring. Conjuring. Which I'm looking forward to just in the aspect that will make sense. Annabelle, which still doesn't make sense to me. No, no. like the Conjuring one is fantastic. I think it's a great horror, a great studio horror film. Yeah. Conjuring Annabelle. two was a weaker but still enjoyable. Annabelle was atrocious. This one, but then he's going to make massive money, so it's getting good reviews. Get um, solid reviews. But it's the fifth, you know, kid horror movie, so we'll see. Here we go. We'll see. Um, the Dark Tower. One of my favourite novel series. Big, massive fan. So I'm going in here with big. Fucking ambition, high, high hopes. Let's see how it pans out. I'm excited, but I'm scared to be yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah, I think we all are. Because I mean, one thing I've heard about not review wise, I've heard it was it's 93 minutes long, right. which is short yeah. for this kind of film. Yeah. Um, and also 60 million budget. We really think some of the CGI could be quite ropey. Yeah. So much CGI. There might not be a lot of CGI. Hopefully don't. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully go more People like some sets. Yeah. yeah. Practical for that to be worked to work. Um, yeah. Also have out if anyone's brave enough to go and see it, the Emoji movie, if anyone's going to try yep. and swing for that. Yep. No, no, no one's going to have the balls to go and see it. Lorraine wants to go and see it, so I might. I think I might have to go and see it. <laughs> um, and also Everything Everything, we saw a trailer for last night. No, I wasn't hooked at all. I'm not I, Rob, I, I think don't mind the, the, the old emotional mush movie. I think, I think it was trying to tap into what was that one, A Fault in Our Stars? Yeah, 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 definitely yeah. that. But so I think my lady looked at it and saw it and she didn't seem to quite like the idea of it, yeah. so I think we might have to go and see it. Dark Tower, I think, is a big one for me, so I'm really hoping, I'm praying to God they don't fuck with the microphone. Call give the deed away. Give the deed away. So this week you've been listening to Three Years Anime with Richard Laird, Colin McKay, and Annie Kennedy with our Blood Brothers. Despite the names, where can you find us? Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Gmail at the number three beers and a movie at gmail.com. Um, on Twitter, the same or on Facebook. So look us up, give us a like, a review, whatever you want. We're also on iTunes as well. You can find us on SoundCloud, always number three beers and a movie. Give us a listen, let us know what you think. Um, this is us signing off. Have a good week. Bye. 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 Three beers and a movie.